Welcome to RFG Pocket Episode 1, featuring Detective Pikachu. Welcome to the Region Free Gamers Podcast, the podcast that's fluent in gaming. With me today are my handsome co-hosts, to the south of me, out of Virginia, by way of Puerto Rico, Arnaldo. Yo, what's up? To the east of me, out of New York, by way of Cuba, Ozzy. How's it going, guys? And to the north of me, out of Helsinki, by way of Helsinki, Masa. Hey, yo. (laughs) And I'm Paul. I'm in Canada. I like video games. Today, we're going to do a tiny episode. Uh, We're going to talk about the Nintendo Direct announcement that everybody seems to be talking about. Nintendo announcing uh, a bunch of new games for the Switch and a surprising amount of games for the 3DS. Uh, I'm going to defer here to my co-host, Masa, who is the Nintendo fan. Uh, Masa, anything there that you're really excited about? Um... Yeah, plenty of things actually. Um, okay, so we should probably leave the the biggest announcement of the direct uh, for last because I think that's something that we will discuss um, quite a bit. But outside of that, um, I would say it was interesting in a way that um, yeah, like you mentioned, surprisingly many 3DS titles. I wouldn't say that any of these are really that surprising or mind blowing. But there was some something interesting, for example, Luigi's Mansion, um, I guess, I'm not sure if you could call it a remake or a remaster in this case, because it is the um, GameCube game, but that does seem um, yeah, quite interesting, and I'm wondering if Nintendo will bring like more of these GameCube and Wii era games um, to both the 3DS and the Switch. Um, I'd love to see a bunch of those myself. I mean, the Luigi's Mansion, I can only assume it's because they already kind of have the the programming architecture built because they had the the sequel for the 3DS, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, makes sense, yeah. Well, I feel like Luigi's Mansion was a game that back when it came out on the GameCube as a launch title, I mean, I distinctly remember that time. Everyone was so pissed off that you didn't have a traditional Mario game and they were just like, what What the hell am I doing playing as Luigi in this kind of haunted mansion type style? <laughs> so I think because of that, and also the fact that it wasn't a very long game, it really was not appreciated at the time. And even though a lot of people owned it, I don't think a lot of people gave it the light of day. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of glad when Dark Moon came out, I think there was a reassessment of Luigi's Mansion as a series. And... I mean, I, I, I've played Dark Moon, and I think that it's a very charming game. I mean, there's so much character to that game. I've never played the original one on the GameCube, so I think that's a good opportunity for me and other folks that did not really get to play it. The GameCube, I'm going to say, it's one of my favorite consoles of all time, to be honest. I, I, I think it's a very underrated console, and it's really unfortunate because I think it was the last console that Nintendo had that was very powerful. People tend to forget how powerful the GameCube was compared to the PS2. It's funny because the PS2 with the Emotion Engine and all that hype that surrounded it back when it was about to be released in 2000 and people were talking about it potentially being able to launch nuclear weapons and, you know, what if terrorists got their hands on it? I mean, this this was really a oh conversation that was being had. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, how, how little we knew back then. Um, but eventually the PS2, when the Xbox, and the original Xbox and the GameCube came out, it ended up being the most underpowered console out of the three. Um, and the GameCube was just such an original, quirky console. Um, the fact that it had a handle and, and it just... It catered to a very specific Nintendo audience, yeah. and um, and I, I don't know, I really appreciate it because a lot of interesting uh, series came out of that console. Uh, the Prime series comes to mind, which was just a fantastic, fantastic series, and it was just so original from everything that was being done at the time, even in the FPS um, field. So I'm really excited that some of these GameCube games are being ported. I know Wind Waker and twilight princess those were ported for the wii u um so i'm really excited about other games from the gamecube era um being ported and i'm really excited about playing we just mentioned on the 3ds 
Yeah. Yeah, I would say like I understand why people were disappointed about the announcement because like the problem here is that yeah, people do want to see um HD remasters of all these like Wii and GameCube classics. They don't really want to see these on the 3DS. Yeah, I I mean and I feel I feel like probably the Wii would benefit a lot more from remasters because it was a standard definition console in an HD era. Um, so I feel like a lot of the games really were not able to fulfill their potential because of that standard definition holding it back. So I, I really do want to see Nintendo focusing in the future with some of the Wii era uh, games. Um, I mean, I would love... For example, the Fire Emblem that came out for the Wii, if they could remake that at some point, that would be fantastic because... That's a license to print money, releasing that game for the Switch. Come on. Yeah, or the 3DS even. I mean, you don't even have to go that far. They could probably port it to the 3DS pretty easily. Um, I think the 3DS is probably not that much less powerful than the Wii itself. So it, it should be interesting. But Nintendo has such a huge back catalog that they could really do a lot in terms of just bringing back old games into new consoles especially on the switch because the switch you could pretty much bring anything on the switch and people will buy it because it's just a new way to play games and nowadays i just want everything to be on the switch because i want to play stuff on my bed um and if i want to play it on the big screen i will play it on the big screen so anyways yeah no that's that's a hundred percent the reason to own and play games on the switch it's such a man it's such a clever little console i almost find it annoying that it's so clever and we didn't have something like this sooner it, it really should have happened but i mean whatever i'm not a hardware architecture guy um so presumably if they could have done this sooner they would have uh but let's i'm gonna move on to some of the other games on the list here um anybody have anything to say about captain toad absolutely uh, oh, <laughs> 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 Muscle's like, I just I just wanted my chance to talk about this one for one time. <laughs> All right, motherfucker. All right, tell me about Captain, Captain Toad. Toad time. Yeah, but yeah, that that was absolutely like one of the um actually like, like one of the best Wii U games, and I feel like it's like such a hidden gem. Like I don't think enough people like played that game, and there's actually like more like intensive to you know um to go back to this game because yeah i mean they added those mario odyssey inspired levels so it makes even if you have played the wii u version i think it makes um sense to get it um uh, well either on the switch or the 3ds whatever console you have um and it's definitely like one of those um it's a very unique game because i have never played anything like that before and okay so i'm not a big um fan of like puzzle games or puzzle action platforming games i'm not sure (laughs) what you should even call captain toad um but it's definitely a game that i mean i'm i'm really happy like that was i kind of thought that would be a well well, actually no it actually makes sense that it's coming because i mean in odyssey you did have captain toad so that was already kind of a hint that captain toad would be coming over to the switch at some point uh of course i would would have preferred a sequel Mm -hmm. but I mean, yeah, sure, if there's new content, I mean, I'm going to be there day one. Well, I, I have feel... a hard time with it only because I saw Captain Toad Treasure Tracker with the with the Amiibo. I've seen it on sale at Walmart for 10 bucks for like the past three months. Yeah. And I didn't bite because, you know, the box is fairly large and I didn't really have too much interest in the game itself and storage space. So I, I understand, like, I don't know, I have a problem seeing stuff for 10 bucks and not buying it it's like oh my god it's 10 bucks so now we're gonna have this captain toad switch game that's probably gonna be full price and all (laughs) all i'm gonna have in my head is the image of captain toad with the amiibo at walmart for ten dollars forever and nobody buying it paul i have a i have a similar experience because i know nintendo was actually selling it on ebay for 20 bucks um when it was originally supposed to be i think like at least 40 bucks um and I just don't think the game sold that well. I think that's why I was so cheap. Um, and it's and also, because... they did release um, a Nintendo Selects version of it. Okay. Um, and I think, I, I think Nintendo's in this weird spot right now where the, the only cutesy, adorable games that, that really sell are, have to kind of be Mario-branded, like you know any of the Mario games or even Yoshi. Um, 
but I think most gamers really kind of passed Captain Toad. I mean, maybe they just dismissed it as, oh, this is just too cute for me. Um, so I don't really know if Nintendo can really succeed anymore with bringing out a property that's just purely kind of adorable um, without the Mario kind of presence. Um, so I, I don't I'm know. I'm curious what... myself. I mean, if, if Masa says it's good, then I'm at least curious to see what it looks like. Well, yeah, I guess I hopefully mean, on the Switch it'll breathe some new life into it and we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, you know, Captain Toad has always appealed to me just because of the puzzly nature of it. I think this version looks amazing. Um, I will say that I'm I'm tired. I have a problem with Nintendo lying to people about their games being two-player um, because I don't know if you guys saw it, but in the Direct, it says, and you can play with your friends. And it's like, one of you controls Captain Toad and does all the cool shit. And the other guy gets to throw turnips at things. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's like the yeah, same I mean... thing. They did the same thing with Mario Galaxy, where it was like, yeah, you can totally play two-player. One of you is Mario and, and does everything and has fun. And the other person collects star bits for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Odyssey is the same thing. Like, it's like, well, one of you is Mario and the other person is Cappy. <laughs> but yeah, and in Captain Toad, it doesn't even make sense because it, I mean, you have Toad and then you have Toadette, so I yeah. mean, you could easily like have them both. Well, can we talk about Mario Tennis? Because I I kind of have an issue with this because it's not it's not next on my list, Ozzy. But it's okay. We'll just talk about whatever you want. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Paul. <laughs> Well, I, I, I just kind of had to get this off my chest. I, I want Nintendo to bring back the sports RPG um, because mm. Mario Tennis and Mario Golf on the Game Boy Color was made by Camelot. And yeah. Camelot, if you remember, were, was the team that made the Shining Force games. And Golden and Sun. So, and Golden Sun. And they didn't have much interest, I think, in sports. So they added a full RPG to those games. And I don't know, at some point in the GameCube era, just Nintendo just stopped putting the RPG. And we've seen right now, Golf Story was basically a homage to um, the Mario Golf games. And I just want Nintendo to bring back an RPG in the Mario Tennis or Mario Golf franchise. Um, so, I have to mention this, but like uh, Mario Tennis Aces is supposed to have a story mode. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, wonderful. wonderful. Will I be able to level up? <laughs> I'm not sure if it works um, as an RPG. Because if I can't level up, then I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so we'll see. I mean, I haven't bought a Mario sports game in a while. I think yeah. they've just kind of been man meandering for a while. But uh, it's 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 interesting if it does have a story, Masa, as you say. Hopefully, as Paul says, you can level up. So if it if it does, then honestly, it's an auto buy because the Mario <laughs> tennis games I think are the best mario sports games out there and just as standalone sports games they are absolutely fantastic i i have all day for mario tennis and uh boy that like the mario advance golf um you know slash rpg for the for the game boy advance i just said those words yeah. i played the crap out of that thing man those rpg modes like they really just make the game i, I couldn't agree with you more ozzy well i mean it, it it allows for a lot of gamers that are do not really care for sports to actually become invested in the game. Yeah. That's one of the that's one of the things that you know I've seen with sports games that little by little they've started adding more story and more RPG elements and now basically all headlining sports games have an RPG mode. Um Madden has one. Um I know the MLB game right now is going to have one. Mm. And it makes perfect sense because if you're playing a sports you a sports game you are kind of leveling up your character you are yeah. getting better you know if you go to the batting cages then you know you're you're basically leveling leveling up you're getting experience so it makes perfect sense and i think that's what you need in order to really get invested as a gamer um i know that my favorite fighting games are the ones where you have a really in-depth story which is why i'm partial to kind of like the mortal Kombat games uh, because they've always done good narrative in terms of their fighting games so I'm all in for more sports games having RPG storylines. But yeah, I would say, right. um, as one of the five people who actually bought the Wii U Mario Tennis game, um, which was, I mean, it was it was just a quick gas grab. Like it, it was like so bare bones. Uh, barely included any modes. I played like maybe a couple of times with my friends, and now it's just you know sitting, 
not <laughs> shitting, but sitting on my s- shelf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, th- but that that's why even with like I like it that Nintendo is again putting more effort into uh into the Switch game. Um, it looks better. Um, it looks it seems more exciting, and o- of course there's gonna be the story mode and. Also, what I like is that they are really pushing the online multiplayer aspect of the game, as they already announced the tournament for it. So uh, it's it's not de- definitely not a you know a day one purchase for me, but I could see myself getting it down the line, especially like if it you know drops like the, if it actually gets a you know healthy um, player base because. I mean, if there's again like ten people playing the game, then I mean the online game doesn't really matter at yeah. that point anymore. All cool. right. Do we have any thoughts about South Park? Uh, looking forward to it. Want to play it on the go? I, I played the first one, beat it. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I don't need to play it. <laughs> so, it I is think... kind of hard to get up for uh, to get up for South Park. I mean, it's already been released, but hey, if you don't own it, and I don't personally, yep. so now that it's been announced for the Switch, I don't mind waiting a bit longer. I'll mm-hmm. wait for the Switch version to come out. And then I'll wait a little bit longer for the inevitable price drop on it. And I think that's when I'll pick it up. But I mean, it's it's obviously an easy decision as far as game purchases go. Yeah. Really, it's just a matter of when, not if. Yeah, and I mean, it's it, it really, that's what a lot of these sort of Switch ports come down to, I think, is like, do you have it? If not, do you want to play it on the go? If yes, yeah. buy the Switch version. Yeah, I like this flowchart that you're yeah <laughs> that you're painting for me. That's my decision chart for every single game release. Is like, do I have it? Is it on the Switch? Do I want to play it on the go? Buy well, that Switch decision version. that decision also, would be a lot easier if it wasn't at times more expensive to buy it on the Switch. That is that but, is true. But ultimately, I think if it's on the Switch, it's my preferred mode of you know yeah. that's where I'm gonna play it. That's yeah. just basically. But yeah, what I like about these third-party Switch games is that they actually do come um, down in price. When you have all these first-party games, uh, Breath of the Wild came out a year ago, it's still full price. Um, but then I noticed, for example, Mario Rabbids, which is a Ubisoft game, um, that's already down to like 35 euros here. And I know that I'm probably not going to get South Park, <laughs> the fractured butthole, right away. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, you pronounced that wrong, Masa. You pronounced that wrong. The fractured bat hole. That's a game that, that I've been it's... wanting to get um, for the PS4. But now, I mean, the Switch is my preferred console. Mm. So yeah, I'm probably going to wait for a little while. Um, I, I mean, sure, if it's a 40-year-old game at launch, then yeah, I'm, I mean, I'll be more than happy to pay for 40 for that. But if it's like 60 to 70, then yeah, I'm just going to wait. Yeah, I think yeah, the, the biggest thing you can say about South Park is that it it shows not only that Nintendo is sort of more open to, you know, more mature content on their platform, but that third third party developers are saying, you know, this is definitely the system we want our games on, regardless of of age range or, you know, sort of regardless of content, um, yeah. well, which I think I, is, is big. You know, I think it's going to lead to more. Uh, it's going to lead more developers to see these sorts of titles coming out and think, you know, I can put my game on Switch no matter what, you know, is in it. Well, I was and listening, at the uh, moment, uh, there's the... Uh, yeah, I, I, was listening, I was listening to a Retronauts episode uh, two days ago, and they were, they were interviewing Limited Run Games, and a lot of the games that they had put out were for Vita and for PS4, and now they just recently started releasing games for the Switch, and they were talking about how easy the infrastructure to develop games is for the switch that it's very intuitive it's very easy for developers to just plop their games into the switch which was not the case with the wii u um so i think that accessibility for developers is really critical uh, in attracting third parties and nintendo traditionally was their certification process and the like and the approval process was just not very easy so they just made life hell for third parties. So they were just thinking, well, you know, why bother? Um, and with something like the Wii U, where the install base was just not there, I mean, it was kind of a, a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, there aren't third parties because there aren't enough gamers and there aren't enough gamers because there aren't enough third parties. So it was kind of a vicious cycle there, whereas with the Switch, you already have a good install base. And you already have the infrastructure to attract third-party developers, so I do think that this time it's going to be different for the Switch. So I'm sorry. And also, yeah, and also, 
the thing that um and I'm I'm quite sure that all these like developers are aware of this, but this Wits install base is actually um it's actually older than usually like the I think the most of these Wits um owners at this point they are um men in their, you know, twenties. It's not like I think the families are still, you know, they are buying three DSs and playing three DS games. Uh, but a lot of like, I mean, it's the console for us basically, and no, I, I'm so sure that at some perfect. point, yeah, and uh, and I mean, I'm I'm sure that at some point they will do the price drop, and you know, they will move away from the 3ds, and that's like when the families uh, will get into the Switch craze. Uh, but at the moment, yeah, I mean, it would make sense to get more games like South Park and Dark Souls and you know Bayonetta on the system because there's a lot of people who want to play that like more mature games on the system. It's, it's really a perfect second console. Um, if you have the PS4 or even the Xbox One, the Switch is just so accessible that you can even have the same games in, in both consoles and, and buying it on the Switch is worthwhile just because you're able to just have that portability that wasn't there before. And I've taken it on trips and the like, and the battery life is very good. So it's, it's, very, it's a very, very well-made device. I, I, I think Nintendo hit it out of the park with it. I think I'd call the battery life good enough. It's not, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's great, but I don't know. When am I going to be playing a game for over three hours other than on an airplane anyway? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, moving on, uh, anybody have any thoughts about the announced Splatoon 2 update? I hear nothing but tumbleweeds, so yeah. I'll just throw it <laughs> No, 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 let's, let's talk about it. Because no, no, I was like... I was like, yeah, let's, you know, let you guys talk about it first. But um, <laughs> yeah, like when that announcement trailer started, I was like, wait, what is this? Wait, is it going to be Splatoon 3 or something? But yeah, I was very surprised that they would do a single player um, DLC campaign. Uh, so far, all the Splatoon DLC has been free and it's all about the multiplayer. Mm. But for example, my girlfriend who's basically a Splatoon monster at this point, she's, you know, constantly playing that game and she, you know, pre-ordered awesome. the DLC right away. I'm a bit like, mm, I, I did enjoy the single player campaign in Splatoon 2. Um, I thought it was like, the levels were very well made and creative and fun. But here I'm a bit like, I think I'm, if I want to play it, I'm just going to, you know, borrow my girlfriend's Switch and, you know, play it like I'm not like rushing to buy the DLC, but it does seem, I don't know. It, it's nice that they are actually like bring like more, you know, single player content to the mm. game. Yeah, I for for me in Splatoon 2, it's just two things. One, it's probably it might be the best game I own that I hardly play anymore. I was really into it at first, and it's, man, it's a lot of fun, and it's very quick and very easy to pick up and play. It's really well designed. I really like it, and I like the fact that the DLC is single-player only. I don't like multiplayer DLC where you have to buy something in order to be competitive or you have to buy stuff in order to play what everybody else is playing. Like I, I have, I have no time for that. If I see that, it's like, all right, I have dozens of other games I can play, so I don't want. I'm not gonna bother playing this game that I'm getting locked out of. But DLC for single player, perfect. Release, release those all day long. I personally mm -hmm. have no interest in them, but I understand that other people do. And this way, you're not alienating your current online user base mm -hmm. and still making a little bit of extra money off this property. All right, moving on. Uh, what do we think about Octopath Traveler? The release oh, date was yeah. announced. I mean, this was already kind of a, a known game. Yeah, any well, uh, any I'm, thoughts I'm, on that one? I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's exactly the game I wanted to talk about right now. So <laughs> uh, it's, it's probably the most exciting game I'm looking forward to in the Switch. I, you know, it, it, it really takes a lot of inspiration from the old school Square RPGs from the 16 and 32-bit era, and if you haven't listened to our RPG episode, please make sure to do that. It was a wonderful episode, and we're very proud of it. I thought it was great, personally, but... <laughs> so, the best Octopath... episode ever. <laughs> Octopath Traveler takes a lot of inspiration from, like, Saga Frontier, and I, I really want to see more games like this made by Square. Uh, I know that Lost Sphere and I Am Setsuna were some of the more recent games that Square released, kind of like harkening back to the old school RPGs of the 90s. But 
I think Octopath Traveler it looks so damn beautiful. Uh, it just looks so well drawn and the animation and the style is just so fantastic. And the idea of playing with different characters and having different stories, again, that harkens back to Saga Frontier, which I think like all of five people played, or maybe not, let, let, let me rephrase that. <laughs> A bunch of people bought, bought it because it was after Final Fantasy VII, and then yeah. they realized what they had on their hands, and they were like, "What the fuck is this? Um, <laughs> Why they, does this they, game hate me?" <laughs> and then they never played it again. Um, but in any case, I, I, I'm really looking forward to this game. I, I really want Square to make more games like this. So even if it's not great, people please buy it so that Square can make more games like this. Uh, yeah. So you can keep financing these games. I so mean, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, hot off the heels of our of our last episode, I mean, this game looks beautiful. It, you know, it's pretty much what what I would want in in a sort of uh, Switch RPG. You know, the old school graphics, the compelling story, the interesting looking characters. I'm looking forward to it. I don't currently have a Switch, but this is one that's making me uh, reconsider that decision. Well, you should feel terrible about yourself, Arnie. So, <laughs> you know, just you, from now on, every paycheck that you get, you're gonna have to set up a switch fund. Um, so, actually, no. You know what we can do? Like, you know, we ask people to send me PS1 RPGs. Maybe say, we can. <laughs> maybe we can start fund. a Patreon page just so Arnie could get a switch. It's 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 all in good. It's all in a good. Uh, you know, will it's all in goodwill. We we need it for our job. Yeah. Alden needs it in order to do his job. So you know, just fund fund region free gamers by getting a switch for Arnie. That's that's what you need to do. <laughs> on a, on a scale of one to one hundred, what do you what do you think the odds are that we could get Nintendo to actually send Arnaldo a, a switch? Like maybe a five. Yeah, uh, we could one. try it. Maybe I I would say nine. Maybe maybe ten. <laughs> Seventeen maybe. <laughs> so, uh, any thoughts it. on um any thoughts on Undertale? Um and wait, like I haven't even talked about Octopath Traveler yet. Please talk about Octopath Traveler, Masa. <laughs> it's over Masa. And this will be like the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that little game, uh I feel like when they had this wits, like the big conference the big event um last year um that was the third party game that i feel like we stole the show that got a lot of hype already and i'm really loving it that they are actually like probably promoting that game and yeah we got the demo um quite early on and i i actually love it when they do this kind of demos uh, as opposed to the ones where you have like hey here's the first level of the game played um yes. but here they actually they are gathering like um feedback from the players and they even released a video about it, um, how they have already like implemented all these like little things that you know people wanted to change. And the game, yeah, it looks amazing. Um, and I actually can't believe that we haven't really gotten like that, like like modern games with like that kind of art style. It's brilliant. It looks amazing. Uh, based on the demo, the music is also very good, and it's. And it's also I really interesting, like one thing, like nowadays we are like really used to um, having uh, fully voiced games or at least like, you know, voiced games. But when it comes to like old school style games, they are very rarely voiced and hearing voice acting in a retro style game like Octopath Traveler, it's it's very different. It, it like when I was playing the demo, it, it definitely like, I was like, yeah, this feels a bit wrong, but like <laughs> once you get used to it, then yeah, I mean, it's nice, yeah. That's a very interesting take. I never even, I never even considered that. For me, uh, for me personally, voice acting in an RPG is kind of, it. it I, I don't really care either way. It sometimes it's nice to have it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's nice not to because the game moves along more quickly. Yeah. But I, I think it'll be very interesting with Octopath Traveler. Regardless, I, I think it looks great. I don't know if it's a day one purchase for me. I do love my RPGs, but I mean, the backlog obviously is, is gigantic, right? So a day one purchase has to be something that I'm personally like extremely excited for.
Um, so Undertale, guys, any uh, any thoughts? Yeah, Have any I of started, us played Undertale? I I, I, I started playing Undertale, and uh, it, it's really kind of an Earthbound homage um, mixed with like bullet hell shooter. Um, so I think you'd be into it, Paul. Um, I, I've played it. I played it honestly for like ten minutes, and that's not to say that it was bad. I, I found it intriguing. It's just one of those games that I played for ten minutes, and then I probably. I don't know. I probably got a phone call or something, and then just forgot it existed. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's that was exactly my same experience. I played it for like an hour, and I don't know. I mean, it just kind of I, I there was so much hype by the time that I played it that when I played it, you know, maybe I need to stick with it in order to really see it for what it is. But yeah, it just didn't grip me. I was just like, eh. And and at some point, I mean, maybe this is messed up, but just the fan adoration with it just kind of irked me so much that I was just like, oh, God, you know, to the point that it's grading where people yeah. are like, oh, this is the best thing since sliced bread. And at some point you, you play it and you're like, well, you know, sliced bread is still pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> Dude, how do you beat sliced bread? Honestly? <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 you know, I played it and, and I'm pretty sure that this is going to be a wonderful game for the Switch. I, I'm pretty sure that this is the... It, you know, when it came out on the Vita, it was really, really awesome because you were able to take it on the go. And I feel like the Switch is just a, a continuation of that. But I don't know. I don't really care. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people will be into it. And I'm pretty sure the whole Undertale fan base is going to fall head over heels for it. But uh, I, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that take that you just had there. Undertale, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> do we have any, uh, do we have any thoughts on... Oh, sorry, Master. Did you have something yeah, to say like... about it? Yeah, that, that's a game that I've been looking forward to. Uh, but I always felt like um, that it wouldn't be, like, I wouldn't want to play it on the PS4. Like, I've, it's not the kind of game that I actually want to play on TV. And I was l hoping that yeah. it would come over to the Switch. But yeah, it is true, like what Ozzy said, that the whole hype can be a bit off-putting. Especially, like, a lot of people have been saying that it's one of the best games ever. Okay, I have not played it. Um, but I, I definitely have my doubts still. Uh, but I am picking it up uh, for the Switch, and of um, course I, I love Earthbound, and we haven't really gotten like that kind of games in a while. Yes. So I'm definitely looking forward to playing it. Yeah, I, I haven't played it. Uh, I have seen playthroughs of it, so I know what the story is, and it's interesting. I, I could definitely see myself playing it and enjoying it, but it's not it's not a game that for some reason or another I'm just not trying to acquire right now. Yeah, no, fair enough, man. I, I mean, when I got it, I got it on, I got it on Steam, mm -hmm. and I think it, you know, it was like something silly, like two dollars, right? It's yeah. one of the Steam sales, so for me, it was <laughs> not a big deal. It was like buying a pack of gum. Um, but in any case, uh, any thoughts on Crash Bandicoot? Yeah. <laughs> Please share. How is this not a bigger is that deal? You, Masa? I feel like. <laughs> I feel like. When I saw it on the direct, I felt like it was like such a like flat segue to like, and here's this thing. And for me, it was insane because, I mean, let's not forget that Crash Bandicoot was the mascot who like showed up at Nintendo headquarters with like, hey, Plumber Boy, hey, and, come like, on, Plumber Boy, <laughs> was talking wow, mad shit. Wow, I completely yeah. forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> and so to me, like seeing that era Crash Bandicoot on a Nintendo console is mind boggling. Um, but no, I mean, you know, it looks great. Uh, I'm sure, you know, it's the same. It's going to be the same level of quality as, as the uh, past releases of the Insane Trilogy. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it because... If you look at my flowchart, it's do I own this game? No. Uh, do I want to play it on the go? Yes. So Crash Bandicoot on Switch is the optimal format for me, at least. Well, uh, yeah, I, 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 dude, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I'm a little bit surprised that it wasn't a bigger deal because I remember when uh, when Sonic was at a Sonic game was first released on a Nintendo console. It was yeah. like I wouldn't say it was like the world was ending, but there was definitely there was definitely more chatter. And meanwhile, Crash just kind of shows up on the Switch, and it's just a footnote. It's, it, I find it a little kind of bizarre. Yeah. Well, it's been 20 years, Paul. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, but I hold grudges, Ozzy, you know? It's been a while. But I, can, can we just say that, you know, we can admit that Mario won that fight? Because, oh, on, honestly, he's still the only mascot that hasn't shown up on another console. Meanwhile, Sonic is just kind of like everywhere. 
Um, so. like the prostitute of mascots right now. <laughs> I mean, the, so. the and the other reason I'm really excited for this is because I'm assuming that this is the first step to Mario and Crash Bandicoot at the 2020 Olympic Games, which I am like dying to play. That's like number one on my on my want list. My my gut reaction was a very surprising amount of excitement when you <laughs> when you mentioned that possibility. I was like I was like oh my god that sounds great, and then I was like. Oh my God! Why am I so excited? <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, can we uh, can can we talk about WarioWare? Because oh, absolutely. I, I, I'm really excited that this was announced. Um, yes. Because the WarioWare games were some of the quirkiest, most fun games to come out of the mid 2000s period of Nintendo, where they were just going off the wall with innovative games. Um, everything they seemed to put out back then um, was just some kind of quirky take on their old franchises you know you had like donkey konga um or you even had like really quirky games like odama did you guys remember that game where yeah the it, the rts it, slash it, pinball game yeah yeah it was i've just, been just wanting like, to play that one for such yeah, a long time it, it doesn't it didn't get good reviews but like it just sounds like such a bizarre concept yeah. i'm i'm drawn I mean, to it everything they did was just quirky but warrior what i am hoping for is that this is the opening shot into a new Wario Land game because oh, God, wa- please. Wario Land games they're my favorite platformers and then from Nintendo actually not even from Nintendo they're just my favorite platforms flat out um, they were just such a, a great well-made franchise and all the games from the first one to Wario Land 4 which was on the advance had such a, a, a distinct evolution to the point that at the end, they were just kind of Metroidvania games, really. And yeah. the idea of having your character be immortal um, and using various um, ways to basically kill the character. So you put him on fire and that was basically like a power-up. Um, or he became a zombie and that was something that you had to deal with. Um, it was just such a, a an innovative, great take. And I know they came out with wario land shake it um for the wii and that game looked absolutely beautiful i never got around to playing it because it didn't get great reviews but i i do hope that nintendo at some point brings back the wario land games and i think the switch is a perfect system for that um the mixture of console and handheld i think it makes it a perfect time to come back with a wario land game so i really do hope that this is the opening salvo um, for wario making his big return yeah fully agree uh, super excited about WarioWare. Um, I've loved every single game uh, they've put out in the series, so I'm dying to play this. And I did. I want to make quick mention because I don't see it on this list I have in front of me. But my personal favorite game they dropped on the Nintendo Direct, and I feel like it's it should have been a bigger deal. Detective Pikachu um, <laughs> is going to be <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's probably like, <laughs> but it's so it's coming well. out like so soon that uh, I, I'm not sure if it's like worth talking about. Uh, I'm so about it though. I don't know what to say about that. To when be I honest. saw that preview, I was like, "This is everything I've ever wanted that I didn't <laughs> even know I wanted." That's I I only saw a picture of Pikachu with like a detective hat on, and he had a speech, you know, like a speech bubble underneath yeah. him. Look, I'm not a Pokemon guy. I I was <laughs> when Pokemon was released and when it was huge. I was working at a video game store, and thus I had to. My job every day was to herd children around the store as they purchased <laughs> Pokemon and Pokemon <laughs> merchandise. So I don't I don't have the fondness for it that many other people do. Yeah, the Here's Pikachu the... with the detective hat on was so absurd that I couldn't <laughs> help but be intrigued. Here's the well, thing you know... about it is like you see the trailer. And it's essentially a buddy cop movie starring, like, an old, washed-up Pikachu. <laughs> and I love God, it. Like, at one, point, wait, voice at one too. point, he's straight up just like, here's my quick attack. And he, like, walks, and he's like, he can barely move. He's, like, hyperventilating, and he's like, how was that? And I loved it. <laughs> it was it was great. Well, and yeah, and that's going to be a live-action movie, too. Yeah, yeah, and I hear that Ryan Reynolds is going to be the voice of Pikachu. Which are you, Ozzy? Are you serious? Yeah, <laughs> fucking serious. <laughs> oh my god! Paul is like, what I, the I fuck? Um, I I think I saw somebody comment this, and I think it'd be perfect if Danny DeVito was the voice of Pikachu. <laughs> that Absolutely. I think would be 
the perfect <laughs> casting. <laughs> well, I love this new ad campaign for M and M's where Danny DeVito turns into the red oh, M and M, like the, the red M and M turns into the Danny DeVito, and I'm like, I love this because you can put Danny DeVito in anything, and it would be amazing. Oh, absolutely. So, Boy, uh, he really has reached that point, hasn't he? Yeah. Are you saying you're a real detective? I'm not just a detective. I'm a great detective. Detective Pikachu. Bolt of brilliance. Yeah, I But anyway, so. well, to be fair, Danny DeVito was not on Nintendo Direct, so we should probably steer the ship back yeah. on. <laughs> here. Um, All right. Any, any thoughts on, uh, let's see here, Sushi Striker. I, I just had a quick glimpse of it. I, I didn't really know what to think. Actually, can we go back to Wario? We totally uh, can do that, Masa. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm actually, um, I just can't get excited for these WarioWare games. Um, as much as I, yeah, as much as I love mini games, but the mini games in WarioWare games are a bit too mini. Uh, like <laughs> They're I, I just, games. They're micro yeah, I mean, games. It's like it's like two seconds and it's over. That's so. awesome. That's what I love about them. Yeah. Dude, that's 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 everything in my life right now. Just ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Masa. When you have kids, you're gonna appreciate this a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but yeah, like what Asi said, like I would absolutely love to see like a new Wario Land game, even on the 3DS. Like I mean, those games they don't have to be in HD. Like I just want a new Wario Land game because mm-hmm. they are absolutely like some of the best um, Nintendo platformers, and that's saying a lot because Nintendo is like the 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 greatest platformer developer of all time. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like, about that. Yeah, like WarioWare Gold. Probably not gonna get it, but like I'm hoping that enough people will get it so that mm. the Wario brand will, you know, stay alive, and we might actually get some games that are longer than two seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I could, I could spend a whole. We could do a whole podcast episode on Wario uh, because I, I just have so many thoughts about that. So maybe we can steer back to the yeah. Nintendo Direct conversation. <laughs> Sushi Striker. Uh, uh, yeah, Sushi Strikers, guys. Any thoughts? Seems nope. off the wall I have enough. Nothing. For me to be interested in it. At first, I was like, what the hell is this? And then as they went on and you saw like the gameplay and sort of the all the crazy stuff that was happening, I was like, I could be into this. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I would think of it too. Like, if there's a game that I see a glimpse of and I don't know what to think, that actually makes me more interested. Yeah. Because if I see a game and it's like, oh, it's another platformer. Oh, it's another shoot 'em up Oh, it's another RPG. Yeah. Then I can just sit there and wait, right? Yeah. But if it's a game where I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Then I, I want more. Yeah. Honorable I mention say, to um, uh, No More Heroes, which was also mentioned and I'm very much looking forward to. Yes. Yeah. No More Heroes. Not yeah, not on my little list here. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Um, looking forward to that one. And there's something else. And I don't even know if this was on the Nintendo Direct. I just happened to find out about it on the same day mm-hmm. via another website. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be brought to the west i really hope it is but if it's not it's not the end of the world uh a new code of princess game on the switch oh. um, did you hear about this one new. arnie it's a no um, it's not new it's it's just a remaster okay fair enough yeah i the my use of the word new was yeah. perhaps a little bit you That's know interesting, over much though. but even I, even I still like the that, the um, 3ds one was so kind of like yeah sluggish. it was so niche yeah yeah like i'm i'm actually really looking forward to seeing what they do with it on the switch i think I mean, if they don't release it in the West, I might even import that one. Yeah, that's actually like sure. I wanted to get the 3DS version, but unfortunately, it was only released um, digitally in Europe, and you know I, I love physical media, so I never actually like ended up yeah. getting it. And of course, as we all know, like the 3DS is in fact region locked, so I couldn't just import it. Uh, so I'm most likely gonna get the Switch version. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. I didn't yeah. realize the 3DS was like the unofficial anti-mascot of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) indeed (laughs) well let me let me touch on no more heroes since that was raised briefly um for whatever reason i just can't get excited for suda 51 games really um i i I don't know i mean i I, he kind of tries so hard you know he kind of tries so hard to be kind of quirky and and cult and it just it seems his style of games just seems so juvenile to me Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know maybe it's just not I'm just not in that mind frame at this point in my life. Yeah. Um, I tried to play No More Heroes back on the on the Wii, and you know I don't know it just was such a janky game and it, I don't know it 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 seemed very roughly put together. 
Um, so I'm pretty sure it has an audience. Mm -hmm. I just can't get excited for it, to be honest. Um, but uh, you know, it's, it's a great thing that they're bringing a sequel back on the Switch. Yeah. Um, it's actually not even a sequel. It's more, um, it, it's actually a collaboration between like, I think like Suda51 and then five or six like indie developers. Mm -hmm. But that's why like the style is all over the place because you basically have like these six or I don't know how many, but like this uh, completely different like sections of the game. So that actually, and it's it yeah, it is not a sequel to the Wii, like the two Wii games. Yeah. Um, it's more like a spin-off title. Yeah. The only as a general of... rule, sorry, as a general rule, if I see a game that has you know six or seven different genres into it, I'm I'm instantly dubious. Yeah. The the only Suda Fifty One game that I think I've always been intrigued by and I have yet to play it is Shadows of the Damned. The biggest reason why I want to play that is because it's a collaboration with Shinji Mikami and Akira Yamaoka mm. um, of Silent Hill fame. So, mm -hmm. and I think the worst part I see from that game is actually the story because again, it seems so puerile and, and juvenile that it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Uh, but you know, but there's an audience for that, you know, whatever. It's just, they give video games a bad name, but there's absolutely a, an audience for that. Um, so, you know, when you have a main character called Travis Touchdown or Garcia Hotspur, um, <laughs> <laughs> You know, I just can't help but laugh at that. Yeah, you know, but I guess that's the whole point of it. Yeah. All right, we've got like three minutes left. All right. Got to talk about Smash Brothers, right, Masa? Smash. Yeah, that reveal. Um, like that little teaser. It's it was interesting in a way that yeah, I mean, right before that they had the you know Splatoon DLC announcement, and then all of a sudden you have the Inklings again, and I was like, wait, what's going on? Like. Why? Why are like why are we getting more more Splatoon? But then, yeah, like that trailer was amazing. Am I the only one who thought that that trailer was like weirdly dark? Yeah, yeah. Like it as was, like yeah. Mario's shadowed face sits in like the pale flame of like the giant Smash Brothers logo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I never really thought about it, but <laughs> you're absolutely right. Um, it was awesome. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and I'm I'm really interested to see how the Inklings uh, get introduced in Smash, because part of me thinks that they're just going to be like individual characters, but part of me is also like I think it'd be kind of cool if they were like sort of an ice climber situation where you sort of control both of them. That'd be great. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I I don't know. For me, I, I'm, uh, you guys may have noticed by now, but I'm the resident curmudgeon here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I just can't get that excited about Smash Brothers because they all kind of seem to follow the same template. And I, I really wish that nowadays in my fighting games, I really want more of a story. I think NetherRealm Studios have really kind of spoiled us in that regard, and that they do a really good developed story. Um, where I feel like Smash Brothers has just gone more and more towards the competitive esports scene. Um, which is fine. I don't, I, you know, I don't mind that, but it just doesn't really call out to me. But I actually use Smash Brothers as a barometer of how well Nintendo's doing in terms of new properties. Mm. Um, and for a time, there weren't that many new Smash Brothers fighters because Nintendo wasn't putting out many new properties. Yeah. Um, but now to see like the Inklings and the like, um, it feels like oh, Nintendo's actually doing something decent. So I wouldn't be surprised if they introduce an Arms character, which. You know, I know Which Paul, Paul would don't love. really like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Paul may yes. have thoughts about that, but but it would be interesting to have like an arms character with like the super long extended arms and stuff like that. It would make for a very interesting playstyle. So um, I think if anything, it's gonna be good because I get to see new Nintendo properties being shown on it. So that's that's what I think for me particularly. Smash Bros is good for. Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, I would say like it's. Um... I don't really understand, like, I watched a bunch of, like, reaction videos and people went, like, absolutely, like, bonkers over Smash because we know what it's gonna be like. Yeah. It's it's Smash, like, yeah, like, there's not, like, and it might even, like, we don't, and we barely know anything about the game, like, we don't even know if it if it's gonna be a, you know, based on the Wii U game, is it gonna be a port, is it gonna be a brand new game, but even if it's a, it's a brand new game, then, I mean, it's not gonna be, like, drastically different compared to the previous, like, the Wii U game. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm I'm really hoping. And w one thing that disappointed me about um, the Wii U game is that they had like they dropped the story mode. And I'm really hoping that they would bring it back here. Yeah. What What is the likelihood? Quick question. 
what is the likelihood that Sonic is gonna be on it? Oh man, like eighty percent. last two, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. What is the so, likelihood actually, that Crash Bandicoot is gonna? Yeah, be that's in what it? I was that about was to say. Question. Yeah, like Sonic will be in for sure, and you know, Pac-Man, but like. Now that Crash is coming to Switch, I mean, it's absolutely going to be in Smash. Well, I, I just want Jack and Daxter to be on there. I would love for Jack. If they are on there, I would buy the Smash <laughs> Brothers for the Switch. I Absolutely. I think you I have would a better love... shot of Ratchet and Clank being on it than Jack and Daxter, to be honest. Really? Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah 100%. Ratchet and Clank is definitely the uh, the more popular property. Well, I don't know. The movie kind of flopped. So. Yeah, that's. But yeah, so, what was the last What, what video game Daxter movie game. doesn't flop? <laughs> yeah. What are the odds oh. that Detective Pikachu is going to be in it, though? Is what I want to know. Well, oh, <laughs> good point. Alternate, uh, alternate costume, maybe yeah, with like voice acting for Pikachu. That'd be great. It would, it would be awesome if one of his special was like throwing his whiskey cup at you or something. <laughs> <laughs> he just burns you with a cigarette. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like Nintendo, right? (laughs) All right, so that about wraps it up for this episode. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts from. It's really helpful to us. And uh, if you want to find our various ramblings on video games, uh, you can generally do so via Instagram. My handle is 8, the number 8-bit yarns. Uh, Ozzy? My handle is uh, Shadow of the Collector. There is a period in between all those words. So that's the easiest way to make it. Masa? Masa Jarvinen09. Arnie? Uh, my uh, Instagram handle is Welcome to the Game. That's the word welcome, the number two, the game. Uh, and you can also find my Patreon for my Switch at uh, patreon.com slash give me your money, please. <laughs> 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 yes, yet yet another worthy cause on Patreon. <laughs> All right, everyone, thanks again for joining us. And until next time, don't forget, if you're feeling bad about yourself, just remember, Masa didn't know that fractured butthole had two meanings until today. <laughs> Take care, everyone. See you.